I don't know why my brain just feels like it's not figuring it out. Well, we're recording now, so. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) If we're releasing these in chronological order, there was a eight-month hiatus? It's definitely more than eight months. I feel like... It's been way more than a minute. It was um it wasn't April this year. I feel like it was like April it was last year that we that we started, we tried this for a bit. And then uh and then I guess gave up gave it up because uh it was too, too difficult. Too difficult. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I, I think I mean, well, we'll probably get into that. But um no, it's cool to be revisiting this. I think it's, uh, I, you know, just seeing the tools and kind of like getting comfortable with those, I think is a big part. And uh, honestly, probably like one of the big hurdles. I think a lot of people probably feel like, oh, they could just do a podcast and it'd be great and interesting, but just never gets off the ground because, you know, the tools are some, some barrier that they just can't surmount. Yeah, I feel like a lot of that's people. I mean, you do need to figure out some tool, but like, um, I think I forget who it was, but I remember someone was over and I was like, oh yeah, here are all the, here's the podcast stuff. They were like, you have like podcast equipment. I was like, yeah, it's, it's a two snowball microphones that are like 20 bucks and a laptop, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's not like, uh, anything crazy. Um, but yeah. too, I mean, everyone has a cell phone. You can record stuff on your phone. Like. I think, I think people are just like lazy. <laughs> I don't know if lazy is the word. It's just like, they don't give themselves permission to do it, you know? Yeah. It's, and it's funny. I mean, I feel like this gets talked about a lot. Um, I mean, the person who immediately comes to mind is like Gary Vee and like, there's, you know, talk about like failing and failing forward or whatever. Oh, I hate that guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can talk about that too. But, um, but the point is, I think like just, just what that looks like. I mean, just from a personal standpoint of, you know, cause I've thought about like making videos or podcasts for, for years. Right. And um, it took me a long time to just get started. And um, I, there's, there is like a weird set of like psychological barriers to creating things. I think that are there that, um, Um, it's not really, I don't know, maybe not well understood or maybe not, uh, it's not, it's not like widely like understood why people set up those barriers for themselves. Um, I think think it's because you think you're going to get hurt, right? Like you're thinking about, you're scared, (laughs) your favorite thing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, right. Like you're trying to protect yourself from something bad that could happen and it's so unknown. And like, you know, you see negative stuff in the media all the time about people who put themselves out there, celebrities or whoever, you know, I think yeah. it might be like that. Well, it was funny because once I actually started kind of making things and, and like uploading videos or um, you know, blog posts and, and that kind of thing, it, it wasn't, I didn't get any kind of negative reaction. And like, I don't think I've ever really gotten a negative reaction. And this is, you know, years later having made you know, a bunch of short videos and, and blog posts. It's more just that the worst thing that happens is you're just ignored. Um, <laughs> it's even worse. It's just painful in its own way, right? Like, I mean, and I think that's, but that like, it's not that, um, it's not that that's painful because it's, it's bad. I think that, or that it means you suck necessarily. Um, I think you do get better over time, but I think it's also just 
that's just like the first delusion that I had to like kind of get over that like immediately like, oh, this this could blow up or this could be a big hit. Um, you know, <laughs> I think for the video to go viral. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, oh man, I hope I hope people like this when it goes viral. And it's like, it's not gonna go viral, most likely. Don't um, worry about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like it's like don't worry about it. And and so much of it comes down to that is like how much how much brain space are you spending on things that don't matter, right? In that creative process. So much. Your fears outnumber what is it? Your dangers or something. Yeah, your fears always outnumber your danger, the danger. So Yeah. For sure. Kill, Definitely killed that. that quote. <laughs> <laughs> Murdered it. <laughs> and it's sleep. <laughs> uh, hesitate, pause, stumble, say the wrong word. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, man. Um, All right. Yeah. So part of the reason we're doing this podcast today is because around, I think, what, like, I think I heard at like 10 a.m., but um, the media is called the election for Biden. Yeah, yeah. Finally, five. What was it? Five days later? Four days later? Yeah, longest I've ever waited for an election. Yeah, well, I guess we could still be waiting, right? Like, yeah, it's there's there's like phases to it. I, I was looking into it a little bit. I mean, I was because I was wondering. I was like, well, who actually calls the election? I actually didn't know. And if you know, I know there's a lot of chaos and stuff around it. But if anything, it's kind of helped me. It's pushed me to kind of learn you know, we'll go back and re- revisit my old like civics uh, lessons from, you know, like high school. Like I actually don't know how a lot of this stuff is tallied or communicated or whatever. And, and still don't, I think it's, I'm going to probably be exploring that for, for a while going so, forward. what did you find out? I don't know who calls it. Well, it's weird, right? So like I was looking online, they're like the associated press hasn't called it. I'm like, well, wait, does the press actually call it. It's not, it's not really them. Um, you know, it's, it's weird. I mean, so there's, there's technically like the electors are actually people like those votes, those numbers, like the 500 or yep. like the 270 mm-hmm. that you see, like those yep. are they technically a, vote. a guy in Minnesota submitted a typo for <laughs> who, who he voted for. And it got count. It didn't get counted for the guy because he spelt it wrong. Like, <laughs> that happened. What was the typo? He, mis- he just misspelled the guy's name. It'd be like, if you put like, uh, you know, uh, Ronald Trump Joe, or something, Joe, uh, you know, died in or something, you know, <laughs> just like, yeah, Ronald Trump. Exactly. Anyway. Yeah, no, it's, and it's silly that like, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I think about it now just from like a coding perspective where like, you know, you mess up one character in your password or like your, your login or whatever, like there's <laughs> like a lot of systems that are very sensitive, right? Like it's, you know, you, you think about like, like when you Google search something, like there's autocomplete, but, um, you know, <laughs> not, you mean- not the, <laughs> did you mean this right it's like yeah. but that's that's a really hard problem to solve like to, like to actually oh. have a computer that's like smart enough to to call that out um but um but anyways like yeah to answer your question about it like and apparently so after the electors like go and vote and that happens i think i think that's sometime in december like they convene or something um oh so they it gets called by the media now because they tally up the numbers and then it's mm-hmm. officially done later and in the meantime like the transition would go take place because like one i mean at least in previous election one side 
sees the numbers, knows they won or lost. The other side kind of, you know, uh, bows out. They can see. Yep. And then the transition starts for whoever is going to go forward. Like I saw, mm-hmm. I went back and I saw the one for uh, Bush, not mm-hmm. Bush Sr., but, oh no, Bush Sr. Yeah. And it was like super refreshing. He was like, you know, he ran a great race. Like we, you know, can't wait to help, you know, him and his team transition into power. We're, you know, we, we understand that we got to put the country first and everything else like that. It was just like, oh, like that it is was possible. long ago. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like what, 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 that was yeah. 92, right? Yeah. 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 I guess we were born at that point, but. World's changed a lot, man, since in, in that time, for sure. Um, yeah, but like, shouldn't change in that way. Like, that, yeah. like they didn't, that wasn't revolutionary for them. You know, like, they'd been carrying out a tradition of that for like at least 100 years. So, anyway. yeah. Um, yeah, you know, and it's, I, that, I mean, that's, that's part of like the beauty of democracy is that peaceful transition. And I wouldn't, it has been right. And I mean, I wouldn't say this is peaceful. I mean, and listen, I try to cast things in, in a positive light when I can. Um, I think, you know, one, one positive from this is like, it's kind of pushed me to try to learn more. And, uh, and I still, I'm still not fully there yet, but, um, learn more about like how, how ballots do get counted. Like what, what the different kinds are, like what, what the difference between like mail-in versus absentee and you know, how there's there's all these It is, but it's also like there's a lot of details that um, it's not necessarily like it's not clear to me like what's like every state apparently has different rules and laws on on how stuff can get counted. And, um, you know, it'd be good to know like, okay, I like have an opinion, have an informed opinion about what do I like about how this state does it versus this other state? You know, what are those rules look like? Um, What was the rationale going into them? Because I, I really, like I said, I really don't know. And if there were, if there was widespread fraud, I, I don't think I'd be qualified to be able to parse that. But, um, you oh, know, then I'll- I definitely agree with you. But I think you're playing in a sandbox that is hard to play in, right? I think the question becomes like, you know, we've talked about this with like the liquid democracy stuff, but like, is that the best way to do it? You know, we're, we're piggybacking on a system that was originally done way back right like the reason you vote on a tuesday is so like farmers could go to church or something like uh that's why it's on a tuesday and they could like do their crop stuff i don't know it 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 has to do with farmers and it's like okay well less than one percent of the population farms now um (laughs) why are we (laughs) still doing it like this yeah it's it's strange yeah it's it's definitely a weird one um I mean, it, it, it makes a weird amount of sense, but it's also kind of strange that it hasn't, hasn't changed. And I mean, but I think that's, there's a bigger, bigger thing going on here where it's anytime you get a big group of people and a big organization of some kind, it could be a big company. It could be a big, um, you know, like government or, you know, whatever, whatever collective. Um, I mean, those are the two big ones that come to mind, but you end up with a lot of these like legacy processes or code and you know like i mean you and i are working for big companies now um it's it's and it, and stuff that just doesn't make sense but it, it's there because someone put it there as as a temporary thing and then they left or 
you know, something, something happened and it just kind of was good enough and it was never worth like fixing. And, and, you know, they, there's a term for it in code. It's technical debt, right? I think there's, there's an element That's of that, and, right? You know, but it's, it's, and it's a big thing and like, you got to deal with it and you got to like, you know, be, be smart about it and really intentional and in, like how you fix it. Um, you know, I keep coming back to that, uh, that story of, of those, those two men, there's an old man and young man walking down the field and they, they find an old fence that's just kind of sitting there and the young man's like, it's not doing anything. Let's rip it out. And the old man's like, no, first figure out what it was put there for. And then I'll let you take it away. If rip it out, if, if needed. Um, so there's some wisdom in that for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, so I know you've done some of the liquid democracy stuff, but like off the top of your head what do you think a better voting system would be? Uh, well, that's a broad question. Um, <laughs> you know, I think there's there's a couple ways to approach it. I mean, on the one hand, it's kind of ridiculous that, you know, 2020, we still have these paper ballots and it's a very analog way of doing things. I, I've heard, you know, but again, the, back to that whole fence thing, there are good arguments for not going fully digital because you know digital systems can be hacked and it can be hacked at scale versus paper ballots where you know because there's a physical thing it's a little harder and there's some there's some built-in security in that but the fact that stuff takes days and the fact that it's um i heard some number um and dave would be the expert and i think we'll get him on the podcast at some point but um you know it's billions of dollars i think it's like three four billion dollars every time we just want to run an election um just seems unnecessary, right? I mean, there's all this planning, all this, all this work that goes into it. And then, you know, even now there's all this, like, I I don't know, maybe, maybe Trump, maybe Trump is a fluke, but um, I don't know that it's going to be going forward. There's, it's not going to be contested. Right. So I think, you know, there's potentially an opportunity to modernize, right. I think, you know, just the idea of voting in the first place when it was first proposed, you know, a lot of people didn't know how to read and write, Obviously, it was only a subset it had to be like, you know, to be white male landowners, right? And that's been expanded over the years. Obviously, it was also done during a time when it was just a smaller population. And, um, you know, we didn't have all the technology to get information across the country in, in seconds or milliseconds. Um, and then you look at things like the financial system runs on, you know, digital. So it's there and financial transactions are probably comparable to, you know, democratic votes right in terms of the need for security and and um you know like just safeguarding things and there is fraud right i mean just recently i had a credit card charges that weren't mine um but you know they there's a system then to kind of work through that and fix it and it was painless it took 10 minutes on a phone call um so you know there's there's i think there's ways to implement uh that um that said it's also but beyond, beyond just like saying, okay, let's just do what we're currently doing election wise, but digitally, right. Where it's this one time, this big event every four years. I mean, I think you probably see this with target. I know it's, uh, I heard this was true for Walmart black Friday rolls around and it's a very big event. It's very taxing on servers and systems because there's a lot of people trying to like check out and order things. Oh, so yeah. the volume of traffic has just- uh, like repair stuff today. <laughs> Black Friday sales. It's doing it all this month. Walmart's doing the same thing, but everyone's yeah. basically making the whole month a uh, sale event, which, but yeah, definitely felt that today. So there's, there's a cost to that. Um, you know, from a, from like a systems design, like architecture, like software design standpoint, you gotta like, you know, if you, it, it's like, think about it like, um, 
you know, once a year, everyone got on the road at the same time, traffic would be insane. But do you just have then these empty freeways for the rest of the year? Like it doesn't really make sense. Right. So here, okay. I, I agree with everything you've said, but I think you've, you're circling the issue and I have, I want to attack it a little bit more head on. Okay. So I think, uh, the idea is you need some sort of unique identifier for every person in the United States, right? Period. Yeah. Uh, that unique identifier, right. will have like characteristics attached to it. One would be if they can vote or not, uh, Mm -hmm. which is based off another subset of things, but you know, um, and then I think you'd have some sort of like government, like it's kind of ridiculous that there's no government website that I can log on and see my information as a citizen. Yeah. Like, why can't I do that? Like, here's everything I've paid in taxes. Here's like the state level, the local level, you know, like uh, here's any like, cer- like state cert, like, certifications that you've gotten you know like i mean sure that could be super powerful and then you'd have like two-factor authentication on that and i think uh you would get mailed some sort of uh mail-in vote or something like that or you could do it in person right Mm -hmm. but what it would require is you to link the thing you're filling out because I, I agree with you fraud happens and paper is nice paper can be fraudulent too but i think if you paired the paper with a digital uh receipt you know so like you could have a qr code on the paper that once you scanned it with your account you know that paper was then linked right yeah uh to your account you could check a box or you know however you want to do it on the paper for however you vote and then submit that in a machine the machine would scan what you checked and the qr code and it would tally your vote and you'd also have like a digital copy of your vote that you would see right right after you did that or you could even take a picture of the paper you don't even have to turn in the paper right you Mm -hmm. could just do it at home you know, print out your vote, <laughs> right? Like you get an email, you log into your account, you hit print, you get a unique QR code, right? Or you just fill it out online. Eh, I think you, I think you, oh, I don't know. You need the, pa- <laughs> you need the paper somewhere. I think you got to go submit the paper, right? It's like somewhere there needs to be a paper trail, like a physical paper trail. Physical so, yeah, you know, and I, I, here's the thing. Short answer is I, I don't know. I don't know what the, you know, I'd have to think these things through. I think, and I think it's an interesting exercise to do. Um, you know, like, yeah, again, like you touched on a few things. So one is the, the, um, the national identification. Yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, just I was I, while you were talking about one thing, I, I wanted to look up the stats. So it's um, apparently it's about uh, ten. Uh, let me see, is it 10,000, almost 11,000 births a day? Um, you know, so like, and if you project that out, obviously 18 years later, you got to get like, you know, either, either registering them as you know citizens or whatever the day they're born or, um, you know, that their ability to vote kind of comes online. You know, there's 10,000 new ones every single day, which 
you know, by modern like data processing standards isn't huge, but it's, you know, you also got to think about all the people dying and, you know, how, how do you update this database? Who controls that database? Um, and that's just part of it, right? I think politically people have been kind of opposed to this national ID card system because, you know, fears. And it, again, that. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, when people say that, I'm like, okay, you have a social security number that's been tied to all these things that it, it shouldn't be tied to. You have a driver's license. That's your state level, right? You've probably gotten a library card at some point in your life. That's your local level. Like, so you've already signed up, right? You, you have a Google account. You have, you have an app that has an ad tracking ID. So somebody has another profile of you and what you're interested in. Like just by existing your, you've already been tallied. You have a birth certificate, like that's in a database somewhere. Like uh, you die, there's a death certificate. Like, sure. you know, they know when you're born, <laughs> they know roughly where you live, right? Like they know when you die. And for a society to function, yeah, that that'll that probably has to happen. And I'm yeah. okay with it. So. I am too, in theory. I think like, and I think it's it has to happen one way or another. Like, like you said, unique identifiers. It's funny how much, like, you know, or like, and maybe maybe we're just biased now because we've been coding for so long. But like, I think there's a there's an element of like it's it's an engineering problem. It's a it's a design problem in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, but, the the problem is the design problem. The implementation is like a, a social economical problem. Yeah, right. So there's there's a few different aspects to it, right? So the but the design has to be good, right? And has to be iterated on. I think there's probably got to be. I think it, it makes sense for there to be a way to opt out potentially, like if you want to live off the grid somehow, but then maybe you don't get the same benefits. But as long as those are clear, I think people would be willing to, you know, and they understand them. So that crazy or, person that's like, oh, I don't want the government to have my thing. I don't use the government stuff. It's like, yeah, it's fine. Go live in the woods. Like you're not logging in. You're not. Like, you know, last login a month ago, right? Like, yeah. if you haven't been seen for, you know, past the average life expectancy, right? Like 80 years, right? Yeah. Then then your account is set to suspended or decease or what is it? Uh, what do you call army when they're lost? Uh, Missing in action. MIA. Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, anyway, I mean, that seems fair. So... Yeah, I and I think like, you know, and, and this is it's a fun exercise. Like, I enjoy talking about kind of theoretically how this would work. I mean, one thing I was because I was looking into this for like a blog post or a video potentially, like about you know running for office because I, I ran for state assembly in, back in twenty eighteen. Um, you know, it was an interesting, eye opening experience in a lot of ways. But um, you know, I think like the like the the thing about voting um i kind of lost my train of thought there um <laughs> but um yeah um i don't know i think there's i think there's just a lot of dimensions to it i think like you said there's the kind of political economic dimension of like getting people sold on it i think there's there's the design perspective um and yeah there's just like the you know the modernizing and and sort of like pragmatic side of just like we we need to be able to vote faster more reliably securely like we need to be able to check things and um you know it, it, we're, we are just dealing with this really really outdated system 
Um, I think I just remember what I was going to say. Um, I was looking into like the founding fathers ages. A lot of them were, uh, they were super young. So like, I think George Washington was like 40 something or like 40 when he, when he was kind of sure. made president, but a lot of, there were a lot of like, there were even teenagers actually in that, in those conventions, those meetings, like there were 20 year olds. Yeah. Like if these people were alive today, they'd be making TikToks. Um, just well, it's because the system is different, right? Like they couldn't break into an established system because it's established. And there's like an old guy who's been grinding it out for 50 years, which is kind of how we have our, you know, our new elected president by like, he first ran for office. I heard in 82, like, yeah, like that was a long time ago. That was 40 years ago. Um, but think about it. He was, he would have been like 30 something, right? 40, 40 yeah. years ago, he's 78. Yeah. He's like late thirties, yeah. early forties. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like that's, that's not like, you know, that's, that's sort of our age range. We're like 30. Um, but, yeah, but he, he didn't, it didn't go, it didn't happen. He had to wait yeah. another 40 <laughs> years. Right. Oh, to like, become president. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that's, that, that sucks. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's the norm necessarily. I mean, Obama was pretty young, but, um, but yeah, um, I, you know, and, and not to be ageist, right? Because I think, you know, age is age in a lot of ways is a number, but, you know, there is cognitive decline. I think there is evidence of that. Um, Are you serious? When I'm 70, I'm not going to have a heart. I'm not going to have like a stressful. I'm not, I'm not going to have my finger on the pulse of the country. Like, no. I'm not going to know what's going on. I just can't. Yeah. Like, I barely know what's going on now. Like, it's really interesting. Like, I got a text that just like this information travels at different speeds, depending on your age, I believe. And so, like, uh, I got a text that uh, Pennsylvania switched over, text my siblings in a thread. Everyone responded. Maybe 15 minutes later, I got a text my one of my parents were like oh it's happening you know and it was just like we like not only had we found out and already communicated about it and then like the you know the message spread right yeah. and that's like a very powerful good message right like who's the leader of your country uh regardless of who you wanted like that message should travel quickly but there's going to be a lot of other stuff that just maybe it takes you know, a year to get to different people. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. I, I feel you on the different rates thing. I mean, I, like I said, I, I'm not on all, most of these apps. I don't watch Twitch streams. I don't really watch like, you know, TikToks. I barely use Instagram for what it's supposed to be used for. Um, so I, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, but I, you know, I, I think like, I think there's like wisdom. I think there's certain things that maybe take a lot of time and you see what works and doesn't. So it's, I think it's, it's a double-edged sword, but yeah, the, the youth and like there, there's an element of renewal and, and like vitality that comes with having younger leaders, but no one's, that's the thing too. Like no one's going to just give it, give up power, right? Like power has to, in some ways be taken. I've thought about that a lot. How does power move? And I don't know it's i was thinking about that too when i was writing those uh the posts for for the tomorrow people because um you know one of the criteria was technologically empowered i think power is it's I, i've heard the quote that it's amoral um 
and not not to say i think that that has like connotations of like oh it's it, it goes to like evil people um or or it's you know immoral um but i think amoral it means something slightly different in that it's it just because you want power to move a certain way and, and because it, it fits in some kind of moral compass doesn't mean that it will necessarily move that way i think it has other other laws um and that it's partially from that book i just finished reading the 48 laws of power yeah. and also read, oh, uh, it's a good Prince. book um yeah Have you, yeah, you read the who who did it before him that's based on yeah the prince yeah yeah so um i I think it so it shapeshifts and i think a lot of times it's it's in ways that are unpredictable because we have our biases so we we think oh this is what ought to happen therefore you know like this is how it will move and you know a lot of times it it doesn't uh there's a good quote from vikings where it's uh he says power attracts the worst and corrupts the best and it only makes itself available to those who are willing to lower the lower themselves to pick it up um Mm. me i i mean i it's i could get on that train but i'll i'll throw a curveball at you see mm. how see what you think about it so like i think you're talking about like people in power and the thing that i think about when i think of power is like actual power so like sun water you know electricity right like these things when wielded correctly have massive implications. So I would say like a Westinghouse or a Tesla or an Edison, right? Mm -hmm. Like they rose to power because they were literally able to cultivate power, like Mm -hmm. physical, you know, or, or Rockefeller, like gasoline and stuff like that. And so like, how much material can you move? I don't know. I mean, or if you look at the sun, I would say the sun is, is, is a, is a instance of power, right? Like in a concentration of power. And like, if you were like, Oh, well the space rocks, you know, like, like (laughs) they just don't have power. And it's like, yeah, (laughs) like I don't know. (laughs) Don't. Um, Sure. But there's, there's like obviously concentrations of power. Like you have planets which generate geothermal and, they have wind and you know everything else right so like like right how does and then if you think about power like that it's like well it's always kind of there it's just in different spots and it's moving and it's mm-hmm. like and it and it can be directed you know through your thoughts right and actions or it just kind of moves you know like yeah, i don't know like or, or concentrates yeah like China, In a, India, like it's moving because they have a higher population, and like you said, that's one of the few ways to increase GDP is population or productivity. And you know, they've just they did population, and now they're doing productivity through, uh, you know, a type of capitalism. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, and so like from a physics standpoint, like power means something very specific. It's how much energy output per like unit of time. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and then like energy has its own kind of specific meaning. It's like, you know, force times distance. And so like, yeah, I, I think like there's, you know, it, it, it it's funny because energy has all these like different forms, right? So it's got, you've got thermal energy, you've got like 
uh, electrical energy. Um, you know, there's potential energy like gravitational, um, and but it's all it's all essentially the same thing, which is kind of trippy to think about. Uh, it all just kind of like transcends Einstein, you know. So yeah, they uh, people have been trying to figure it out because it, it really hits at the heart of like um, what what the universe is kind of made of or or how it works at a very basic level. Um, I think money, in a way, is, is is kind of a form of power. I think you know you could well, it's, like, an, it's an abstraction, right? Yeah, it's an it's an abstraction that it's it both is and isn't right. I mean, because it it represents like if you pay people someone enough money and like because people believe in the value of it, you can get them to do things and that mobilizes. Right. You know, like, you could pay someone to build a house, right? Like, how much energy can you get from burning a uh, hundred dollars, right? Versus how sure. much energy can you get if you turn that hundred dollars into gas? Versus if you turn that hundred dollars into solar right like is that mm-hmm. potential you know 20 years of reproducible energy like it's yeah it's 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 an abstraction of of uh energy or is it food right which turns into <laughs> biological you know energy or right like i think it's true an abstraction yeah and it's weird right because like let's say take the food right so a hundred dollars worth of food you know let's say that that powers me or whoever for like a week or, or two weeks, whatever, whatever your budget is for food. Right. And then in those two weeks, you, you work your job and you earn a paycheck that's, you know, a thousand dollars. Right. So like you spend a hundred dollars to, to, to create a thousand dollars. And then whatever you did in your job, obviously made more than that a thousand dollars. And yeah, you know, it has an escalation from there. So but like I my mean, intuition starts to break down about it, like what that means then. Cause it's like, okay, well then the job makes money and then the company makes money too. Like, I I mean like what, what value is and what money is, is, is kind of almost, it's like when I think about it enough, it, it's really strange. There's this great book you should read. It's called debt in the 5,000 years. And it takes a, it takes a look at, because money is basically an, is a form of debt the way we currently have it. It's a, it's, it, it was originally paper money is an IOU and it represents uh, a raw mineral somewhere. <laughs> and now we're not even on a, the raw mineral. Like that's actually, so it was private bankers. People gave them gold and then they didn't want to transfer the gold. So the bankers wrote them a slip of paper saying they had this much gold. So then they would trade uh, that paper with other people who had things that they wanted and then they would give them the paper and then that person could go take the paper back to the private merchant and get the gold. Like that's, that's what kind of this book breaks down. But then it also talks about like social debt and everything else. Right. So yeah. Um, yeah. You mentioned this yeah, book before. I'll, I'll definitely check it out. Um, it's thick. Yeah. Yo. It's, like 800 pages and it's dry i'm i think the third through it there's a bunch of stuff in there about like so, like the wives and stuff like dowry and yeah it's very very interesting um but what were we talking about oh so money. like i think yeah so you're like the money transfers right so i see that right as like potential energy abstraction and an abstraction of of potential energy moving. Mm-hmm. Sure. I think that's what it is. 
an abstraction. It's like the, even the word abstraction is, is a strange one, right? Because it's like both is and isn't, it's kind of like the belief that it is, is like what, what gives it power. I mean, I think about someone like a good, good concrete example of this would be like, um, you know, like, like Dan Bilzerian. I don't know if you've been kind of following or heard what happened <laughs> in the news recently. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like he was renting his for house. Those you, for those of you <laughs> just tuning in, my understanding of the situation is Dan Bilzerian, uh, you need to know about his history. He had, a, his dad was involved with uh, company finance and he embezzled company funds, was found guilty, and went to prison. So Dan Bazarian grew up wealthy and privileged, and then it was all like taken away from his dad and family. So then he was like tried to do. He did the seals. There's like conflicting accounts. He either I think he he had to do it a few times to pass or something. Anyway, he did that and then he got into poker and I think he made like uh, tens of millions, maybe a hundred million dollars playing poker. Like he did well. And then he made the Instagram and I think that was pretty good. But like, I think he just largely like lived off the poker wealth. And then he made Ignite, which initially was I think a CBD company and then they pivoted it into energy drinks, but they went public as a, as a, like a publicly traded company. And then his dad apparently was involved in the finances of it. I think you, you can start to see where this is going. Um, and now the company's missed two quarterly uh, earning, like uh, they need to submit paperwork to the SEC every quarter. They've missed two of those. Uh, Dan Bazarian uh, just gave a donation to Armenia or something. And so uh, he's probably going to flee the country because uh, he's been throwing these crazy parties and renting out a giant mansion and writing it all off his company expense uh, from publicly traded funds that he's embezzling from people with the assistance of his dad. So that's my understanding of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's, it's pretty good. The, you know, and I think there's, I think there's probably details that both of us don't know exactly, but I guess I, I, you know, and I, I bring him up just because I think he's, you know, I think he's someone who's kind of mastered that, uh, that art of like perception and, uh, you know, it kind of like it's that whole, I mean, I mean, I get, I don't know, I guess the Kardashians would be a good example too, where it's just famous for being famous. Um, it's, uh, you know, and then like whether or not you can kind of like turn that into real wealth, it's, it's strange, right? I mean, like throwing these like lavish parties and, and, you know, creating this perception of massive wealth, but then, you know, having it be kind of backed up by fraud potentially is it's unsustainable. I mean, eventually like it catches up to you, but, <laughs> yeah. um, but it's that, that whole thing, right? It's an abstraction. It's just like, it's like you kind of like fake it till you make it. And then that, that somehow makes it real, um, well, it's funny because, you know, in that case, right, if we think about how the power moved, right, mm-hmm. like he abstracted power, right? He, he, right, you're saying he put on the facade, right? I'm rich and successful. Invest with me. You'll be rich and successful, right? Mm-hmm. I throw awesome parties. He abstracted that. And then he was able to 
take additional money and kind of throw it into that, which supercharges it. And then, but that money isn't not going anywhere. Like that money is going to whoever owns that house, to the models he pays. Like it's it's transferring, right? It's just basically transferred from him and from anyone who invested in him to uh, everything he spent money on. Right? <laughs> yeah, like that's, someone got someone got holding the bag. Uh. Well, I mean, I would argue Damzarian and his investors got left holding the bag. But everyone else has had the abstraction of those dollars transferred to them, right? The abstraction of that energy is now in their possession. Well, I think in a lot of ways, but it, in a lot of ways it gets spent too, right? So like, say you throw a big party, right? That's that's That money doesn't, I mean, it, it goes to like the people who help throw it, right? But like who actually gets to enjoy it is, you know, Dan, right? So it's like he... He kind of like enjoyed these like the money from other people who then aren't going to go get that back, right? But I guess it, yeah, I don't but, know. Maybe yeah, it's just it just moves, right? It goes it goes to other people, and then they spend it on whatever it is. It's yep. it's weird. It's like this uh, this network of of power money transfer potential. Yeah. So a really interesting thing I saw recently what showed the productivity compared to the stock market. And how productivity, uh, it was wages, productivity, and the stock market, three lines. They all kept largely in pace with each other to the 80s. And then what happened in the 80s is wages stagnated. Productivity continued to go up at its typical rate. And then the stock market, like, uh, doubled its uh, its angle, right? Its vector. Hmm. Um, and so what it basically said is like, we're more productive than we were in the 80s, which is like, okay, for sure. Um, wages have kind of stagnated since then. And all of that potential energy instead of going, because I think what you want as a government, right, is is like, I have a dollar, I go spend a dollar, that dollar then goes get spent again and again and again, right? Like, yeah. you want a flowing, you want, like, as much currency use as possible. Um, and I think where it gets bad is where, like, you spend a dollar on me, and I just put it in my bank for the next 50 years. You know, like, that's potential energy not being used. So, yeah. Um, and that's kind of what you get with billionaires is not spending it. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a shit ton of potential energy that is stored, right. And stored for what, you know, like if it were distributed, if you took a billion dollars and you distributed it to the lowest 10%, they would immediately, that would, that would change hands a ton. And they, they've talked about that too in like African-American communities. And I, I've thought about that with like different companies, right? Like if I, like my friend um, has a hemp company and if he wants to sell a product, he needs to advertise it. To advertise it, he needs to spend money with Google, Facebook or somebody else, right? To find a customer. A, a portion of every dollar he spends is going to go to that company and is going to leave 
largely Minnesota and go to wherever those comp- that company is headquartered or, you know, deciding to spend that abstraction of money, right? So it's basically leaving the community. So that community is is growing poorer, right? If it doesn't return on itself. So I think like, you know, you have like a Lyft driver and Uber driver and like, I'm living in this community. I spend money on an Uber ride and that driver gets four of the $6 I spent. Two of that leaves to San Francisco, probably never to return, (laughs) you know, or like like not quite San Francisco, right? Because it, it's sort of like their bank account which could be exactly or something. Yeah. Right. It just sits in potential, whatever, you know, like, I don't know. So, which is, yeah. which is also, okay. So let's take the next step. It's not that it doesn't really go anywhere per se. Right. Because, um, you know, just all these big tech companies, right. So they spend money on R and D or like trying to enter new markets, which I think eventually comes out, but I think maybe the, and some of like, maybe just it's the inefficiencies or bureaucracy that like, that, uh, that I see is maybe just, but I don't know. It's weird. Cause it almost seems like you would end up spending it anyways. Like, like I think, so what ends up happening, right. Yeah. Is then you have these billionaires or, or leaders or CEOs, or whatever they're directing how, how this money should be spent. Right. And that's just a lot of, a lot of power, a lot of leverage. Potential um, energy. And then, yeah. And then that trickles down through like the corporate hierarchy and structure and, and levels of like layers of bureaucracy. So mm-hmm. like if you're, if you're in there, if you're, if you're benefiting from it, I guess it's, I guess good, but um, you're also kind of insulated from, you know, the competition maybe. Um, I don't know. Well, like part of the problem. So I, I mean, I think this election really highlights it too. You have cities and you have rural America, right? And I would say every dollar spent in a city stays in the city a little bit longer. Whereas every dollar spent in rural America used to stay in rural America, right? You had, you had, uh, you had the downtown, right? Like, right. The downtown strip main street where, you know, you'd have your local resources, right. Uh, bakeries, grocery stores, that type of stuff. Right. And then all of a sudden Walmart moves in, right. Those smaller places would close up and then, right. You're taking again, your dollar and it's going into Walmart. And Walmart is extracting most of that dollar outside of your community. Um, well, it doesn't even have to be most of it, right? So, like, so, like, right, let's say they make like a little two, bit, yeah, over time, the compound over time like, it's just gone because they're probably not making a huge margin on a lot of stuff, right? It's like it's no, kind it's of like slim, it's four four percent, something like that, ten percent. It's really small. Um. But even that is enough, you know, it's there for 10 years. I mean, because you drive through places and I, I mean, I think rural America is, uh, is on a downward trend and cities are in an upward trend um, because of that concept of shifting power. I guess we'll see because um, because of remote work. Maybe that might that might be the thing that, to invert it eventually. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only th- thing that I think I think we talk, we've talked about this before, but like uh I guess why did rural towns exist before? You know? You need like, to will remote working 
create new rural towns? That becomes the question. I could see I could see that happen. I mean, first of all, we, we are seeing some indication of it happening already with rents being down in places like San Francisco, right? By like it's mm-hmm. like significant, like 20, 30%, I've heard. Um, you know, and, and rents were already crazy high, but part of the reason for being in cities, you know, people kind of clustering there is because, you know, if you were close to where you needed to work, you know, cut down on commute time, you know, you're also had other options to work. Right. And if you were a business, right, you could sell to all those people. So kind of like it was this positive feedback loop. Mm-hmm. Now you're sort of in this place where, well, I work for one of these big companies, but you know, my, my team is very global, right? We, we somehow managed to coordinate and we have this technology that can let us instantaneously see each other's faces and, and talk and coordinate. So the, the value of being close to one another isn't really there. Right. So like it, we don't, we don't need to physically be close to, to pool talent and, uh, and, and get people close to one another. So, you know, I could see that, that being that alone being enough of a feature and then like cost too. Right. So then the market kind of kicks in. It's like, well, if I, if I don't need to be close and my, it's so much cheaper to be somewhere else, you know, why not, why not go live, you know, on the mountains or, or somewhere a little closer to nature. Um, and then right, you're or wherever you want to be, cut, or wherever you want to be, yeah. Um, so we'll see. I mean, it, it could it could change a lot. Um, you know, it's nice. I mean, being down in LA now during all this, like, there's definitely less traffic. Um, oh, yeah. It's it's. I mean, it, obviously, like that's partially because of COVID and stuff. Um, I mean, okay, not partially. It's entirely because of COVID. But um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, like remote working run up out of nowhere oh super cool <laughs> just all these yeah all these people just disappeared spontaneously everyone started working remotely i don't it's really cool <laughs> you know, and it's not like the death rate's like 50 percent, but it is kind of like a thanos snap like it's just the world's empty it's weird like yeah. main streets main street in santa monica is just a ghost town these days yeah well and then too uh yeah like so so, but the thing, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I understand what you're talking about, but then like assuming that your work day still encompasses most of your day, day, you know, mm-hmm. like waking hours, the typical work hours. Do you like interfacing with people remotely? Like personally, how do you find that experience? No, I, I, I don't like it. And I, but I, here's the thing, even though I, but even back when I was kind of, um, I think part of that's like organizational, um, you know, cause like we've been, and actually we should talk about this in kind of the last few minutes. Um, but, uh, like the meetings of the minds, um, but the, I think part of it's like, a few minutes? uh, I thought we were going for an hour, but okay. We can go as long as we want. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, like, I don't know, but, uh, just well i guess just wrap up the last point i the the thing is i think part of it's the team and the team structure and kind of the work that you that you're doing um you know i think even when i was meeting with people in in like person i wasn't i didn't really have well part part of my team was already remote anyways um and uh i didn't have like a ton of like overlapping projects with the people i was physically working close to um but yeah, I think like digital kind of like meeting with people, I think like you still need that sense of physical community um, and whether you get that at your job or someplace else, I think 
I think it depends. I think it depends on the person too. Like if you enjoy, if you're a coder, typically probably you're a little more introverted. Um, if you're in sales or if you, um, you know, are, are doing something like marketing, or I don't know, maybe something a little more person, like people centered. Um, I could see it being more of a challenge, but again, I think there's solutions for that. I think you can, um, you know, there's like those co-working spaces that have popped up. I think there's, there's, uh, overall, even, even if that's like something that we maybe, maybe lose, I, I don't, I think realistically it's probably worth all the additional benefits, like less traffic, less commute time. Um, you know, I mean, if you think about it as efficiency, right? Like everyone can live uh, in a lower density area, right? Which, well, or actually, if you want to think about the most efficient setup, right? (laughs) Okay, like Black Mirror, right? Okay, so everyone would basically be in an apartment complex, like a high density apartment complex, right? Uh, All the children would go to school from, you know, your unit all the people in the unit would work from your unit and then you would just have food brought to the complex right and everyone would just like more or less exist in like this giant building (laughs) like that would be life right because there's no transportation way less transportation costs at that point um you don't need a a house, an office, a school, um, right? Like my, how long does it take you to, to wake up and go online, right? Are you getting more sleep? Yeah. Like for sure. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to spend an hour, you know, 15 minutes getting ready, an hour driving, another 15 minutes, like getting settled, you know, it's just like unproductive time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I I think maybe it might be kind of like a hybrid model at least. Like I know whenever things get back to normal, I'm going to I'd I'd rather have like Monday Friday remote and go into the office the rest of the time, you know? Cuz that's what like 3 days in the office. Yeah. Um that seems enough. Um so Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, man, it's, it's a whole rabbit hole. Cause we could go down. I mean, I think in some level like that, I think there's, you know, I, I think about like, okay, well, is that, is that cool or, or depressing? I mean, I think a lot of it depends on, you know, the design and, and the actual implementation of the building. Like when I think of big buildings, like I think almost <laughs> oh, kind of yeah. like communist, super big. oppressive. And then yeah. the other one is like a utopian on an Island, like where everyone has their own villa and you're like, okay, yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, but you know, I think too, like there's, there's an element of, of you want to automate the, the stuff that's, I, I don't know. And like, okay. So like, say it's like food, right. For example, one, one of the things I really liked about Google was the convenience of the food and, and it was healthy mm-hmm. and I was, didn't have to spend a lot of time making it or worrying oh, about healthy. it. Yep. Yeah. So there's, there's an increase in productivity. Um, you know, now I, I've kind of figured out a, a balance for myself, but you know, I think like some people actually enjoy, you know, cooking for the sake of cooking or, um, you know, they, they enjoy certain tasks that others see as, um, you know, as like, uh, tedious or, or just work that's needed to, um, 
you know, that's just cuts into your productivity or, or just enjoyment or leisure time. Um, you know, I, ideally any system going forward would sort of be able to account for, uh, you know, the, the differences and preferences and needs of, of people, right? Like something where something that works for one doesn't necessarily have to work for all. And that's, you know, how do you maintain that, that kind of flexibility while also, you know, having, having efficiency. I mean, I think it's, there's not, maybe, maybe there is not like an answer. Maybe it's just an eternal kind of question that, that we got to keep yeah. asking ourselves. Um, yeah. I think that's, yeah, I think it's always going to be changing. Like I thought of that potentially for like uh fast casual or like, you know, like if you have done, if you worked at Starbucks, right. You can probably work at any other food service business without too much additional training Mm. you know and so like if you were to standardize certain operations or systems right across different food services right like would it kind of be more interesting to like spend three months and rotate through you know yeah like instead of selling starbucks for five years like i don't know you do a pizza place for three months, you do ice cream shop, you know, for another three. And it's yeah. like, is that variability nice? Is it not? You know, I don't know. So, I mean, you know, even internally at Google, there's, there's rotational programs and I don't know. I, it's, it's hard. I can't, I can't come up with a hard and fast rule of if I like it or don't like it or if it's good or bad, because there is a, there's a ramp up time. There's a ramp up cost, you know, to getting familiar oh, yeah. with this specifics right because there's always specifics right and and maybe maybe if it's not you know like oh yeah i mean it's that age old memorize all the drinks at starbucks and then you go to pizza hut and it's like okay learn how to make every pizza it's like okay well the process might be like the same right order in here are the ingredients mixed together to produce the final thing it's like how is it made it's 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 you got to learn that so yeah that's true yeah um yeah. And I, I think it's, it's like, how do you like the standardization thing? Like, I think there's, there's value in that. So, I mean, I remember reading something about like how railroads used to have different like bolt sizes or like, like rail widths and things. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, and that's, that's a pain, right? If you're trying to build this national network of like, okay, how do I transfer cargo from one type of railway, which is in this state to another state? Like, you know, it's, that's you, for those situations, like I could see, yeah, it makes sense to standardize. Um, but how that gets decided, right, is is messy, right? It's like obviously one company is going to have an interest of multiple competing ones. How do you decide which one to choose? Yeah, um, so basically the way it worked, at least for that, because uh, I read Carnegie's book, and uh, it was a combination of power, superior um, material, like was your steel better, you know? Like did it break, right? And then... Um, uh, productivity as well sure so like you need to make the as good of a product as productive as possible and also convince people to buy your product and then uh they didn't have any like rights for anybody <laughs> so if they like were losing money they'd just be like all right workers like you're just all gonna get paid less and you have to work two more hours and if you don't like it tough shit um we're going to get 10 more people to come in and replace you. And it's just like, shit. So then they actually, they all consolidated and then that 
then you get a monopoly and that's how they, uh, or you get an unofficial monopoly. So then they were all like co-invested in each other (laughs) and then you get the vertical integration. So, um, (laughs) yeah, yeah. which it does make it more productive. (laughs) Yeah. And I could see, I can see the logic there, right. It's better than having all these disparate kind of like systems that can't, interoperate right but then you have that flip problem of like okay look at like pg&e right it's this government backed uh-huh. monopoly that's having it's like hey we got to shut down the power it's like well do your job do your like do the one thing that you're supposed to be in charge yeah. of <laughs> and the, the lack of competition has sort of just made them you know stale and stagnant oh, super complacent yeah for sure so i don't like, know I, it seems like what's what's the middle ground is there is there a middle ground like how do you what's the solution yeah, I mean, I I think, but I think, you know, I think in any system, right, even when you do have transferring of power, right, you'll have a period where more power is going in, right? And then you'll have a period where more power is going out, right? So you could see that as like life or death in a system. And so for like a PG&E, like if they do continue to not provide power, people are going to figure out how to get power right like like people want power <laughs> right and that's where maybe like a solar city elon musk battery storage solution right people start paying for that and then eventually they just like disconnect their source right to pg and e and then pg and e starts to go into a death spiral right and everyone's like well fuck you i don't care because I have my own power and you didn't, you didn't provide consistent power. So that's, that's why this whole thing got started, you know? So, um, and then you end up with a better, better system, a better better thing. And that's, that's entropy and, you know, just like life and everything else. So maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe that's all it takes, you know, and maybe that is just the process. And it's like, and I, I see, um, and it's, it's wondrous, you know, when it works and it, it hurts when it doesn't. Yeah, I think that's it. But it might also just hurt when it does too. I mean, that's not like, it, you know, oh, yeah. that process would be like, cause think about it in the meantime, it's like, you know, okay. Fires from pg and gas explosion. Oh, this person yeah. like had yeah. this whole region had to have their power shut off because of wind, yeah. you know, like yeah. it's, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, and that's just, that's just part of it. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know what the right, like response to that is i think there's an element of like you got to be kind of stoic and and sort of kind of accept that that's how it goes but then also there's an urgency to fix it and call stuff out and and actually try to be try to be right and informed and say okay this is why pg and e or this is why whatever the system is this is why it's not working because this is set up this way the incentives are all messed up you know we need to like find an alternate solution um and it sucks Mm -hmm. because i think there's a lot of times what you see is this like there's like it's like oh if they if they only did this if there were only this incremental like they could incrementally continue to improve but they don't um and then basically what ends up replacing it is like let's say it's the solar city like battery tesla packs or something which is like a it's not it's a different it's not a different local maximum right it's a different um like like it it's not um they, like pg and e with its business model can't what's that just sorry keep going like pg&e's model wouldn't incrementally like if it if you iterate it over time wouldn't necessarily get you to like a battery solar 
powered, right? They might have, they might incrementally make better power lines or invest in certain, you know, better like transmission technology or something. But, um, you know, maybe they don't just because of corruption or bureaucracy or whatever. Um, and so it gets stuck. And then eventually the, the difference, the differential of like how, how bad that service is, is like enough to where it just triggers. Okay. Let's shift over to this new thing. Well, like, and that's, that's the interesting thing, right? Like, so I think a lot of businesses are disrupted by an outside force that isn't necessarily created through that business. Right. So like, uh, do you know kind of the history of LEDs? Uh, no. Okay. So the first LED was a infrared one on your TV remote to change the channel and do like uh, volume. Largely, that was the most commercialized one, right? Okay. It was a, it was a non visible light wave, right? One, you know, the old school remotes that had like the little light bulb at you know the clear thing, and it like you'd kind of see it change color, but not really, you know, when you pressed it. Yeah. So that's like a light emitting diode. Um, the guy who invented that, like, you know, what he he was known, but he, he didn't become like, he didn't get a ton of prizes or anything. Scientist further down the line takes that same idea and turns it into a visible light, right? And that becomes way more of a big thing. And then LEDs, right, start getting worked on, getting better. In the meantime, uh, people are producing light bulbs. They're like, fuck, we're using a filament <laughs> or a gas in a chamber. You know, like uh, they, they're the newcomer, right, is an LED, which came from outside the system. Yeah. Uh, PG&E uh, battery pack and that type of thing came from outside their ecosystem. Um, like advertising companies, Google and everyone else came from outside of their, their, their system, you know? Yeah. And like, it's kind of interesting because the rate at which we just like advance or new things are thought of, you know, Mm -hmm. whether there's a plague or, you know, the inquisition, like it just continues. So, Mm. you know, it's like, is it, it, are we just like trapped to always be finding like are we a, are we a machine learning algorithm trying to find the most optimum solution to everything we're involved in you know trying to, trying to solve the world maybe i you know it's hard to hard to see it being anything other than that but this notion of of outside is is something that really is interesting to me um i was watching some machine learning papers where it's like you know soon like as soon as you throw in there's one um i think i sent it to you it's like like if you if you have like an image recognition thing, even if it's very pixelated, like it could the AI could detect like this is a horse, right? This is the outline of a horse. But then if you, as soon as you throw off one pixel, it it it's like very confident that it's a frog. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and so there's there's like there's definitely limitations where it's like if you haven't seen this thing before. Um, and two, like like going back to that notion of like outside. Um, and I and I I don't think I don't think we can cover everything in like one podcast today, but um just like one more podcast <laughs> just one, one more time. podcast um you know like like you know business or uh like you know if you think of like in history you know like the mongols or the the, the huns yep. right coming in from outside and invading um it forces a, a new kind of 
uh, like arms race or, or uh, change, right? Um, I guess, will we always have that outside? Is it like, I guess the worry is, you know, these, these monopolies just become so entrenched that the industry like never changes. I mean, I think a good, good argument for that would be, you know, the, the U S government in a lot of ways, it's, it's a, its own kind of monopoly. Um, but clearly has going back to kind of the original topics, so like it has all these flaws with like how voting works, how the representative system is set up. Like it's, it's old, it's outdated. There's, there's some value in, in that consistency. And over time, like it proves its own kind of worth, right. Because it's existed for so long. But it's all, there's also this uns- growing uncertainty of like how I long can it go for? Well, here's the cycle. Ready? Ready? Okay. So we live closer in time to the last emperor of Rome than the last emperor of Rome lives to the first emperor of Rome. Hmm. Interesting. Right? So the last emperor of Rome is closer to us. Everything that's happened in between then, we're closer than if I was the last emperor of Rome, right, and I looked back to the beginning of Rome, right, that's that's way longer than the founding of the United States, like, Civil War, like, everything else, right? Like, that's happening, like yeah. you're saying, like, yeah, okay, we've been around a while, but we're we're actually the new kid on the block, right? And our crazy capitalism is an experiment, and the nuclear family that was designed in the 1950s is gone and was never really a thing, you know, like, um, so, and I would argue that we've only really been around since like the 1920s, maybe 1900s, like the industrial revolution is when uh, the U S really got their shit together. Um, like before then we weren't much of, we were not a world power. Uh, that that took us on a track of being a world power. So, yeah. like, we're an experiment. Everyone is an experiment everywhere, you know, and it's just like, does it work better? And I think, you know, the next outside force will probably be like a China, you know, or an India. Like, if you enable an area that has, right, we have, what, three, 300 million people here in the U.S.? Uh, how much does China have? Like 3 billion? No, <laughs> 1. 1. 1.3, 1. 1.4, I think. 1.3, 1.4. So that's what, like, hmm, am I getting four this right? Many. Yeah, yeah. It's about four times, yeah. Like, a lot of people. There's a lot of potential energy. Yeah. If you organize it right. Sure. Even if um, you don't. Even if you don't, like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, build a house, and you got one guy, and I got four, right? <laughs> like, yeah. I could know exactly how to build a house, and it's gonna take me forever. I could know better how to build it better. You can build a shitty house. You can build four shitty houses, probably, and you can redo them even in the time that it takes me to build one. So sure, I don't know. I guess you know, in China, I mean, there was a video. I don't know if I ever sent it to you, but um, talking about the history of China, like it used to be in the middle, the calls itself the middle kingdom because it was sort of the center of the world. All these like states around it were sort of paying tribute and um, they were, uh, you know, just not, not as dominant and they have great, they have great soil, kind of great weather. Um, you know, in a lot of, like a lot of sense, they're kind of like the United States or, or Western Europe and 
location. They had an ocean. You know, they had a lot of little nations kind of surrounding them. And uh, rich. You know, and and everyone like wanted their stuff. They wanted their porcelain. They wanted their spices. They you know they had the Silk Road go through there. Um, so you know it's a uh, <laughs> it's it's um, in some ways I think it's kind of just regaining what it where it was in the do past. You know what, do you know what really screwed them up? Opium. Yeah, <laughs> the British. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but also, I yeah, I don't think that. You can only make so much opium. Um, <laughs> you know what really screwed them up is their famine. Um, and you know why the famine happened? Was this the birds thing you told me about? The birds thing. Yeah. There's <laughs> an emperor who like told everyone to kill all the sparrows or something. And they did it. Like they killed a ton of sparrows. Like, can you imagine if like there was like... I mean, we do it all the time anyway right now. Like, you know, if we decided to wipe out a species, it'd be gone from an area. Yeah. Um, And so they did that. And then would you believe it? uh, The insects (laughs) just boomed after it (laughs) and they ate everything. And then nobody had any food. And so then, then that's, that's kind of like what, again, it's weird because it's like their own doing, but it's an outside force that forces growth in a, in a, I would say positive way because people aren't going to be hungry, you know, <laughs> shit, right? Like, I don't know. It's <laughs> weird. Yeah. It's uh, it forces like a pressure. Yeah. When was this? Was this like recent or is this uh like ancient history? I think it was after opium. Okay. So, 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 so random and, something you know it would have been like i mean you can look up the famine it's it's i this is gonna be a shot in the dark i would say it's in between nine uh, like 900 and the 1940s or 50s if only we could backtrack things yeah wow okay so it's very recent the four pests campaign sparrows mosquitoes flies and rats <laughs> severe ecological imbalance wow yeah I mean, that's another one like i dude i want to do want to talk about like just the we the we don't we don't pay enough attention to the, the ecology i mean you know forget climate change for just for a second right like more broadly just and, and this yeah just like the the ecosystem and like throwing stuff out of whack like the oceans the soil like the you know the air the species right like it there's there's tipping points and um you know we we could hit this place where where we get really bad damage really quickly because we're we're getting to a point where we're growing so fast um you know it's i was it every three it was three weeks or three months that book i was telling you scale um we're adding like a new york city amount of people to cities around the world like people are moving into cities at one new york city per like quarter essentially that used to um, be <laughs> the remote work. No, anyway, well, yeah, I guess yeah, all the remote people are working, um, <laughs> you know, but still like, that's such a small percentage. Like, and so the, the point being though, like it's, it's creates a lot of strain, like the amount of resources we use. Like if, if, uh, you know, if a country goes get into like a famine, you know, typically there's civil unrest and civil war and what we saw in Syria, which I've heard, 
potentially was due to a drought, which affected the crops, which then, you know, led to people moving to the cities and unrest and so on. That leads to an immigrant crisis, which then leads to political unrest in Europe. Like all these events are, are connected through this thread. And it's not, um, it's not like people on the ground, like most day-to-day people don't make those connections. They don't, they don't see that and they, or they don't know what to do about it. And they're just so focused on, you know, they they just can't, you know, they, they, they just focus on the, the kind of symptom of like, Oh, well, you know, all these, all these illegal immigrants are coming in. Let's shut down the borders. Well, it's, it's more complicated than that. Right. Because, you know, a, that's a very hard thing to do. It costs money. You know, it's, it costs, um, you know, votes. I think it goes to that quote, uh, that you said, like, um, what is it? You plant a tree, uh, old man plants a tree. What, Society what thrives when, uh, when like men plant trees that they won't sleep under. Exactly. Um, right. So it's yeah. like a very difficult long-term decision that needs to be made for the benefit of the greater good, like the greater society uh, that that's, that's, and it, and it's allocating, it's like the damn Bazarian thing, right? That's a short-term poor use of resources. <laughs> um, yeah, like, we could totally you know, that. Yeah, but yeah. Those long-term society, like maybe it'd be much better to, you know, fund more food independence or research crops that are more resistant, right? Like, right, if you came out with a new crop, like, you know, that could withstand certain things it's like that's gonna that's gonna have just a crazy positive effect yeah true and i mean i don't know it's also like i think there's you know i guess guy like guys like elon are are definitely the huge exception to the rule but but even him like he can't solve every problem right like the whole reason he put out the hyperloop thing was because he's like i just don't have time to work on this but um you know like it's it's on some level you know, I he's a good example like of that uh you know, where we're saying you just have billions of dollars in a bank account somewhere that sits, right? Like I mean, he's an example of somebody who can just like and he's talked about it as well, and it is like the true wealth and power, but like um when you get to that level, like money is like it's a whole nother concept like if there's people who are buying um mass amounts of lumber in different countries to build multi-unit complexes in the u.s for future population growth right like that's the that's the con that's your job right so you have to figure out right like how to allocate those resources for that's for the greater good. And Elon, because he does capture, you know, the, the minds of people, right? Like he's able to do the boring thing because he, he's like, here's a hat. Oh, we got $10 million or $2 million from selling hats. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, we're going to do a flamethrower. We just got another $10 million. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that'll, go towards funding that idea so he's basically able to create he's able to to you know get abstractions of power for those ideas yeah yeah um 
And it's I like the way he did those things because it's kind of like raising money in a fun kind of creative way. You run out having to like use his own or Tesla's or whatever. Cause it, then it, I could see that feeling like, um, you know, you're, uh, you're, you're tapping into, or like you're sort of like dumping or like subsidizing uh, work that, you know, like a pet project with like company resources. It's almost like embezzling or something. Um, yeah. You know, not to say it's quite the same thing, but you know what I mean? Um yeah, but it's the same reason he's able. I mean, he's he's is also able to like uh, say what he's going to do, which is rare and rare these days. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah, it's cool. Like I like that he put out his plans like that. Uh, I think it's. I don't know. I I think like good leaders understand every part of the system. You know, it's like you're saying. It's like that flood you know, somewhere creates a famine, creates, right, everything else, right? And if you're a good leader, like, and you know that's how the system works, like, you can understand how to improve it, right? But it's like, again, if you get to be 70, that system you knew and understood has changed. (laughs) It just cannot stay the same. And you're not going to know how to uh, allocate resources as optimally as possible. And I think we're seeing that. I think look, if you look at our leaders like, you know, Pelosi or Biden or Trump, I mean, oh, so know, like, old, so old, you know, and like, um, AOC is like a breath of fresh air and she's, she's like what? 30 something. So. Yeah. She's, I mean, you know, and she's kind of like the, the beach beach head, I guess, or the, the, the tip of the spear for like a new generation. Um, you know, I think like, they they they've mastered they've optimized right they figured out how to play the system that that they created or they kind of inherited or were a part of but the people in that system that they govern over just i think they've changed so much and the world has changed so much that it doesn't the system almost doesn't make sense for it anymore and i think it's just i don't know my fear slash maybe even hope i guess is that we're we're different enough and the people have changed enough to where it, it could use a reboot and hopefully that reboot comes in a way that's, you know, doesn't involve a ton of bloodshed and violence, you know, and I, and chaos. I think, I think it is possible to roll out a better version of democracy and society. Right. And like, and have, have designs that are intentional, like you said about that quote, like planting those trees for the future. Um, but it's, it's very hard. I think it takes, I think it takes vision, it takes faith, it takes good intent and even with all that, like you might get it wrong sometimes. And um, like you said about well, good leaders, you will get it wrong. Well, you will, right? It. Like I imagine like a captain of the ship, right? Like the, the captain needs to kind of like steer things. And sometimes there'll be storms or rocks or, or you know, un, uncharted waters or whatever. But, you know, you got to like take those calculated risks and, and then, yeah. you know, kind of work work to make the best out of the unexpected situations that arise. Yeah, I think, I mean, one thing, it'd be nice if there was like more un, uh, I don't, don't want to say unoccupied because the U.S. wasn't unoccupied, but, you know, like open land masses, like, mm-hmm. right, like, where's the Pluto, like, uh, <laughs> I saw an interesting article, right, Elon's like, oh, let's colonize Mars, right, and uh, he had something where, like, he threw out you know, some ideas he had for what 
a colony would be like and like what 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 rules they would be governed on and how he you know they would have ownership of it and somebody was like oh that's uh not how maritime law works right <laughs> like cuz technically i guess that's the lo- like once you're outside of a country's borders international law kicks in and uh space is like technically that it's weird anyway um so he but it basically boils down to like if you can control and occupy an area you uh-huh. own it like that, yeah. that's what it breaks down to like no like that's why the english were like oh you have to pay us you know it's like no <laughs> we own this land we're not going to play by your rules right it's like well yeah. how dare you and then i'm going to come try to occupy and take over your space you can't so we don't have to play by your rules yeah. so yeah anyway so that i think you know like it'd be nice if that there was an opportunity for that um without to happen. Force. or maybe with well, force. I, don't I don't know right like i it's it's like can you can you do that because that's that's where the line is sort of drawn is like if are you willing to like use force or die for a certain cause or vision or like you know a little piece of land or, or people right yeah yeah i don't know but i just feel like you know and i think it's like we're kind of talking about it but societies are are more built up than they ever have been and that's how time will go right societies will only continue to build um hopefully um and like you know it's harder and harder for that radical change yeah well we'll see i mean maybe you know it's it's kind of like if things collapse those create opportunities of their own right but yeah in, in looking back on history a lot of like the you know the reason why and i think maybe people look at mars this way is the reason why progress was able to happen was because you know america was this sort of new new land with new government new potential that was kind of still being formed people could kind of go there and then you know that developed and then eventually you know, the world wars rolled yeah. around and they I mean, kind of like intervened and now we have the american global system right it's like right it's like anytime when you go off to college you're like this is how i was raised this is what my family taught me and everything else right and it's like okay do you do you want to do those things right or whenever you stop living at home you know it's like you can you can pick what you want to do you know for that like i have a friend and he was uh straight for almost most of his life, even mid twenties, long-term girlfriend, stuff like that. And then he started seeing men and then he's now he's fully, um, uh, seeing men. I I forget the most politically correct term for it. Uh, anyway. And well, how would you say like, it's not gay anyway. So yeah. Um, but so it was interesting talking with him because he was saying there's a lot of norms in heterosexual relationships because they've been around for so long. And in the homosexual community, uh, there are options, (laughs) you know? So like, uh, yeah. And it's just like, so 
and then you start questioning like why certain things are done certain ways right so like i think for like a man and a woman the long-term thing is like a child and it makes sense for like rearing purposes for there to be somebody in the kid's life or hopefully as many people as possible who are invested in their long-term like you know uh future right but like if if you didn't have the concept of a child in a relationship, right? It's like, what's the best for this relationship? You know? Hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one. I mean, cause I think like the constraints help, right. They provide some stability. Again, it's, it's that whole defense thing. Like, you know, having that nuclear family and, and like the gender roles or whatever, it, it's a, it's a template. It's a framework to work within and, and try to, and, and it's sort of, Hey, like this is, this is what we've tried and this is what works and this is what's true. Um, but that, and that works only until it doesn't. Right. And, um, I think having or options is saying it, it works good enough, right? Like, good enough. Yeah. Marriage you, might fall apart. you know, like yeah. that was good enough to raise the kid. But again, it's like, is this, is this the best for the, like, you know, after you take out the kid factor, right? A lot of couples break up and it's like, cause is that relationship the best type of thing for that relationship? Right. And in, in like, I guess under 50% of cases, divorce is down. Um, you know, it's not. So. Yeah. It's a, it's a good question. I don't, I, I don't, you know, and like, again, like it's, uh, comes back to like best for who best for society, best for the couple, the individual, like, the, right. the kid um you know i could see i could see Where's an argument that, that long-term planning i don't know and i think you, you just can't always see see the future how people are going to change or how you're going to change um well then part of it too is like does it matter if it's good for somebody if it's like better for the society as a whole right like if you're unhappy does it matter right or if right damn Bazarian had a great time yeah 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 he like no question um what was that good for everyone else (laughs) right yeah or does it matter if he like had a good or a bad time you know well i i I think there is something to that um this is probably worth more exploration some other time but um you know if you think about like what what people spend money on right so like if you think of um like if you have, say you have like a thousand people in a society and one of them is just mega rich and he's like, I want a yacht. And then it's like, all right, those other 999 got to go build it versus if it's maybe a little more equal where it's like, okay, like I want, you know, a slightly cruise bigger ship. house. But no, <laughs> like more equal, right. Or like, it's just well, cruise um, ship for everybody. You know, we're all going to go on the boat. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can think of it that way. However, however you want to slice it. But the point is like, you know, it's and not to say like pure communism, right? Or everyone has equal, right? I think I, I think it's got to be a balance. I think you can't have such huge, you can't have trillionaires um, and have like stability. I think at a certain point, how they decide to it, you get into this weird place where it's like you're at the whims of their ego, and you know if they become like absolute power corrupts absolutely like if they decide they want to build something or do something or build some like crazy pyramids or something but then again i don't know the egyptians lasted for hundreds of years so you know like way longer um, than that 
way longer than that thousands thousands of years yeah longer um, than that and the pyramids are still standing so there's there's <laughs> what millions of years what are you saying peter <laughs> uh tens of thousands of years is my bet there is water erosion on the sphinx and there hasn't been water in the sphinx for tens of thousands of years <laughs> i don't know yeah no there um, is I, I I guess the point. I mean, we can get into the ancient alien side of things, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, I don't know. Oh. And like, it's like who's to say? Too like that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like, is there some moral like good to saying? Okay, one guy gets a yacht, everyone else gets jack shit, or we all kind of get a big cruise ship, or we all get a cabin or something. Like, what is better? I don't what, think what I don't right. But like, we're talking about that tree, you know, that mm-hmm. society. I don't think a yacht helps society. But is that is that the only metric? You know, like well, who who's who's also to say like what who helps society? You know, what's the metric? I don't think five vacation helps helps society. I don't. I agree. I don't think it's good to be precise too, right? Like you got to define define that somehow. Someone's got to make that judgment in society, and then you also yeah, have to reach some the, kind of consensus in society, right? The here's society the problem, right? Like you have these CEOs of giant companies that do get all of right. The, the abstract energy is redistributing to their say-so, right? Mm-hmm. And because there's so much, right, they do get to divvy it out, but it's too much at an individual level. Like, What does that mean? I don't know. I mean, I, I, got, I don't know the solution for it or anything, but like somebody was saying, like, as soon as you hit a billion dollars, you get you get something, you win capitalism. Every dollar you make after that is taxed 100 percent, you know, like, <laughs> like you just don't make any money after you make a billion dollars. And it's I like, guess. you know, like, I don't know why that's a bad argument. Like, I don't like I guess it goes to the government and then the government has to figure out what to do with it. You know, and are they going to do a good job? Like, are they just going to, but honestly, I think it is part of the government's job to do like programs that don't make sense. You know, like the mail doesn't make sense, but that's really good for society. And like funding an internet doesn't really make sense for a company, but that's good for society or paving roads. Like where's, where's the road paver company? Oh, that's weird. There isn't one. That's because, the local governments do it because they tax your houses, you know, like, yeah. uh, you know, they're like, and that's a type of business thing, right? Oh, come live here. We have good roads. <laughs> like, you know, that's, yeah. that's essentially, Oh, you like water? Yeah. Yeah. We got water. We got power, you know? Yeah. Um, so well, someone, someone has to design those things and come up with those like plans and proposals and like, what's their what's their incentive to do so and do a good job at it right like, i think up to a certain amount i think you got i think there should be some 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 high score you can't get past like, <laughs> well i oh just, no, but i mean i got to a billion dollars you know like i don't know like how is that not enough like yeah, jeff bezos I, is worth like how much now like on it's ridiculous it's ridiculous and he, that got cut in half <laughs> yeah first person ever worth 200 billion yeah well well he's worth four actually well 400 sorry well you mean before it got cut in half 
the wealth you generated is worth 400 billion. <sighs> yeah, it's insane. Like numbers that's are too much. I saw someone do this with like grains of rice. Like, yeah, like okay, saw that. it was in their like garage. They were just dumping like hundreds of pounds of rice. <laughs> just shit. Insane. Yeah, he's like a hundred something million dollar home. Yeah. And it's like Bought nothing. Yeah. It's like okay. Yeah, cool. it's take like, that out of the pile. Yeah, and those grains of rice represent like well, I think it was what like a grain of rice was like fifty K or something like that. You know? And it was like that's uh I think what is the average US salary? Anyway, it's right around there. And uh right, and then it's like that's a year of somebody's life, potential yeah. energy. Yeah. And just like there's 50 pounds of it like yeah it's yeah. it's kind of crazy to think that the system is set up to allow something like that to happen but see that's where it's i think capitalism is kind of new right we've never hit this point uh we have hit levels of it like the rockefellers um carnegie's like do you know where libraries came from uh, I feel like I heard the story once actually, but go ahead. Carnegie, he he basically he would go to private libraries as a kid. Uh, they people sometimes gave him like paid for his membership to the private library. He learned how to read books of all sorts of subjects, and then he like applied what he learned, and he was like, "This is amazing! Everyone should be able to access this." So then he donated. He was the first one who who was like preaching to all the rich people, like your goal should be to give away all your money. Like that, he was one of the first people to talk about that and to talk about it benefiting society and like the long-term goals. So he, his, his money initially set up most, almost every old school library. And then he, I think he transferred it to the government to sustain. Um, But what a great concept, right? A library doesn't make any sense. But a library does make sense when it is done for like that, right? Like, so like Bezos needs a library concept, right? Like if they're if they're pushing those things, I think that's really good. In the meantime, he's like, oh, I'll go to Mars, you know? And it's yeah. like, nah. <laughs> like your rocket's cool, but is that really a great benefit to society? You know, we'll see. Might might, might uh, there's going to be a lot of like. I mean, one of the things was like point to point tra- travel on Earth is is a possible use, right? And it could be cheaper, as comparable to like plane tickets. And imagine like you know going anywhere in like 30 minutes. Um, but uh, I don't know if that yeah. really helps. Well, it might even pollute less. Actually, one other thing I heard. Um, really? So. Yeah, I mean, it's well. I think you're you're going you're going up in the atmosphere, right? And so instead of spending hours of fuel, you're you're just spending a little bit to get super fast, super high, and then there's less air resistance, right? And that's the big thing. But again, it's all it's all execution and implementation. But I agree to your point of like libraries. I think I think there's and we kind of bring this almost full circle, like the 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 need for like spaces. Um, obviously now with COVID it's, it's hard to think about a time where we're all going to be able to gather safely. Um, but you know, having, having spaces and community spaces where, where you can go and learn and work on stuff and creative things. I mean, like, I think you and I went to that tech stop or tech, uh, was it called tech shop? Yep. Yep, yep. Um, 
think they, I think they went under, but I mean, there was, there was something cool about that idea of having a, um, having like a workshop space, like a maker space. Yeah. And something that's maybe, you know, I think the government could, could, or, or, you know, if it's, uh, if it's like billionaire, like Bezos funded, like you have these spaces for younger people, especially to go and work and learn technology and learn stuff. And it'd be a great recruiting and, and sort of, um, uh, sort of like talent finding tool, I think, you know, have them come to you because they're the ones who naturally kind of gravitate and have, have these cohorts, have these kind of intensive learning environments and classes. And, and um, you know, I think just with, with how freely available information is nowadays with online courses and all the different ways you can make money off of, off of like teaching to like YouTube and Patreon and, and um, you know, that sort of ad revenue. I think it's, um, it's great. We're not, we're definitely not leveraging it as much as we could be. Um, and, and the spaces are great too, because again, you need those real physical interactions. So there's, there's gotta be some way to kind of integrate that, that, that digital, the, the freeness, the online sort of like infinite knowledge base with a space that's, you know, rich and, you know, it's sort of like it, like something like we were like, we're with Google or these big tech companies where you have like the food side of things taken care of. It, it can't be, it's gotta be cheaper to make a bunch of food for like a, a bunch of people in the cafeteria style. than you know, everyone, everyone kind of like, everyone individually. I mean, there's, there's also like the time costs and like, um, you know, it's, it's easier to just kind of say, Hey, let's, this is the menu for the day rather than having a menu available where like, as soon as you come in, you have to be able to like make that thing, you know? Yeah. Oh, definitely. So I think there's, I think there's, there's things we just haven't tried. It's just finding the right business model and then execution around it. Um, so that it's sustaining, you know, self-sustaining. Yeah. I mean, like one of those, like what you were talking about all that, I was like, yeah, that, that's great. And then I was like, what's something like libraries, the whole concept, right? Carnegie information to learn and do better. I don't think people use libraries like that. I think people use Wikipedia like that though. You know, I definitely do. Like, what's that? Oh, really cool. You know, and then I just got an email like last week, Wikipedia needs more money again. And it's like, why the hell hasn't somebody, you know, hasn't a multi-billionaire just been like, there you go. You're funded. There's 10 years. There's 50 years. There's 100 years. You can even use like, do you know how the Getty? uh, So have you heard of the Getty Museum in L.A.? You've been there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know the history of that? Uh, I feel like you've told me this actually once too, but uh, I forget. Well, now we'll record it. Anyway, so John Paul Getty, oil guy, uh, made all his money in that. Uh, bad relationship with his family. And so he decides he's not going to give them any money. And he has to figure out something to do with it. So he decides he's going to build the best museum possible. And so he, he has, if you go to the, there's like a house in Malibu, which is this, uh, he recreated a Roman like house, like from, he brought over everything from Rome and put it in Malibu. It's surreal. Um, anyway, it's perfect. Yeah. And he never lived in it. It was just an exercise to build it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, but the Getty Museum, right, is up on the hills. And the way they work is they have an endowment of, I think it's like $800 million or something like that. Uh, Mm. They have an investment team and say the investment team makes uh, like 
8% that year, right? So they would uh-huh. have made, we'll make it 10% for easy math, $80 million. The mm-hmm. museum gets like a portion of it, we'll say half. So they would get $40 million to go acquire art. So most museums have like they loan out paintings, right? Oh, this can go on an exhibition. Getty buys every year. Getty's buying forty million dollars worth of art every year, right? It's like one Picasso. <laughs> well, or you know, or I don't. Maybe that. Well, but then the fund also grows, right? So then it's eighty-eight million or eighty-eight hundred and forty million, right? And then the next year, right, it's compounding. So mm-hmm. like. Uh, an idea like that is they they now have like I think the largest collection of art in the world, right? Because they're basically a for profit business to acquire art. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, and that's and that's the thing too, right? So if, you, if you set up the if you set up the system right, you know, you can you can it can grow and grow and grow. Right, but then like <laughs> you know he's dead. And like, what does that look like 200 years from now? It's like, we're starving. It's like, well, that Banksy mural in that rural location is wonderful. We're going to helicopter that out. to be Like this whole building belongs to us. (laughs) You can come see it at our place, which is free, but you pay the $12 for parking, which is actually (laughs) how it's run there. So anyway, yeah, I don't know. Yeah what the end game is well i don't know but i mean to the to library point right like it's you know those, those are kind of an outdated thing you know libraries are are cool i think i think there's a specific use case for some libraries but as a institution right it's not well, really it, it used to be that that's where knowledge was now it's right. now it's not there it's it's everywhere well i mean people i when i go to the library everyone's on a computer or everyone <laughs> brought their computer to do wi-fi right and because they're using, that's that's essentially knowledge. And I think uh, Carnegie would agree, right? Yeah. He'd be like, the books are great, uh, but you have, you know, 75% of the space dedicated to books, right? And they, the internet connection has 90% of the knowledge. The books here you have is an uh, infinitesimal amount. Like, mm-hmm. so you got to even that out. <laughs> you can't <laughs> yeah, have an infinitesimal amount take up most of the space in the thing. Like, just that doesn't make any sense. That's no, it's I mean, what are you going to do? Purpose, the purpose is flawed. So, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, here's the problem then. It's like, what do you do with the books? You know, burn them all? Like, that doesn't seem right. Potential energy? I don't know. <laughs> Get up the students, send them all to Minnesota. <laughs> in terms of like, hey, a few years. Uh, uh, <laughs> the, the news, this this podcast gets picked up. Uh, millennials encourage book burning in libraries. <laughs> Thank God. 1984 is real. <laughs> That's not what we meant. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, not 1984. What was the one? Um, uh, uh, Fahrenheit. Brave New World. 51. Fahrenheit 451. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, like, I think, yeah, like it'd be, it'd be fun. I mean, we've talked about this a little bit and actually it's a good segue into the tomorrow people. Um, but now the, accepting members, <laughs> no, we burn books <laughs> <laughs> for knowledge, <laughs> for, for science, <laughs> potential energy. 
God, we got to do some kind of slogan around potential energy or something. <laughs> Power. Yeah. Um, we're we're almost we're at, almost at the two two hour mark, and I feel like that's a good natural place to to stop. Um, no one's gonna listen to it anyway. No. <laughs> exactly. So you know, <laughs> I gotta I gotta go like make some food. Um, just do do something other than podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this is great. I th- I think this went well. What do you think? I think the out of quality was great. I think it was easy enough to do. Um, it costs five dollars to process this into a high quality, higher quality format. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with all of it. Yeah. Okay. It'd be so yeah, easy to invite someone to this too. Like, yeah. Meanwhile, we gotta we gotta figure out. I mean, I think we'll. Um, I mean, we'll see how this goes. We gotta upload it and all that. But like, I think yeah, this is not a challenge at all, and I think. We got some cool people like Jeff, David. They all seemed interested in potentially doing a podcast of some kind. So um, I do yeah, have a I rocket like, scientist I can reach out to too. Rocket he's scientist is good. He's a German rocket scientist. <laughs> I uh, I have a list. I actually have a, a spreadsheet just full of like potential people to to bring on. Um, they uh, they were like professors and. You know, things from, from I remember college. you told me all this, and I was yeah. very excited when you told me. And then it was your turn to bring somebody, and yeah. no one was brought. So <laughs> don't get me excited again. I'm gonna yeah. be a little, I'm gonna be like, that's nice. Been, my heart's been broken too many times. <laughs> don't, don't tease me. So. <laughs> No, I won't. And like you said, one at a time. I think we got this one out of the way. This is good. Um, if you want to do this like week weekly, every weekend or something kind of thing, um, or no I, reason before, so we'll just find time. I mean, I think one also interesting thing would be to make a list of like who would be excellent, like amazing to interview, you know? Yeah. And it, it'd be like, okay, like who's our Elon Musk, you know? Like, <laughs> I, and, I and think- like how do we get to somebody like that? Yeah, I think there's a uh, there's an element of like unreasonableness. Like if if you and maybe this is working on the pitch for this podcast or what it is, but um, like sometimes just like if your idea is big enough and crazy enough, like you can get those like big names to just sign up in the back. Yeah, sure, why not? I'll do it. Um, you know, rather than like, please, sir, can I have some more like porridge? Like, you know, you you gotta go, gotta go big. You know, Cause- and then you slowly like snowball it. One way I could see us doing that is like, I think it, at least everyone who we did previously have on, I think had a good time. And one thing I think you can do is like, uh, ask that person if they know anybody that they would want to recommend to be on the podcast, right? Mm, Personal connection. Yeah. And then that all we need is one more, right? Because that person would then give us three more options and we would say, can you reach out to them with us yeah. on our behalf? Can you connect yeah. us with them and recommend they do this? Um, I like that. And then, you know, maybe of the three, one says yes, but then you get them to do the same thing. So I think, I think that's great. We should definitely do that. And I think it'd be fun to actually just even brainstorm what, what other strategies um, and I, and I, I want to get a few more minds on this too. I think it'd be fun to bring this up at the next meeting of the minds. Um, but one, two, I mean, two, just like cold, cold emailing a bunch of like people, I bet, 
I bet like, even if it's like 1%, if you send out a hundred, you know, or, or 50 or whatever, make them personalized, make them fun or something like there's so many ways to reach out to people. Um, you well, know, like it, it one, that just, one that just popped in my mind is you could reach out to everybody who lost a campaign, right? Mm, like, yeah. So like, uh, uh, for there's a Minnesota Senator, his name was like something little and it was the, his tag on uh, TikTok was the biggest little name in politics. <laughs> and I was like, I like that. And I liked his TikToks. And he's like a 30 something year old Minnesotan who just got yeah. fired basically. <laughs> and it's like, I, How's I'm, that feel? <laughs> right, I'd love to reach out to him. Just be like, listen, you were like this young center. What's the government like? How was the whole process? Like, you know, like you're out of it now. Is that more clarity? You know, and then you have a great conversation with them. And you're like, okay, like who, do you, who would you recommend to be on this thing? Right. Sure. And then, yeah, I think then you're like, oh, we have all these government people now. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, and I, I think that's good. I think, I mean, too, almost a, a, not a problem, but a component aside of this then too, is like prioritizing, right? Like who, what kinds of people do we want? Do we want, like Ooh, just wait till Tuesday. You know, two, I got, Tuesday. Yeah, I got a process for that. I don't know if it works. <laughs> Wednesday. Why? Oh, why Wednesday is everyone? Keep, it's always been Wednesday. Mm. <laughs> why is everyone so off about these meetings? It's, it's in the calendar. What's a calendar? No. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> God. Uh, I think um, if you want a sneak peek. Uh, maybe not. I kind of already told me the things. Oh, go to, yeah, go to the tomorrow people, Google drive. And, um, there's a, there's a file in there. It's called session two. Yeah. I'm down or for, uh, wait, session two or for, are you talking about for Wednesdays? Uh, for Wednesday, I already, I already wrote down the schedule. So you want to check it out. If you want to do a dry run actually on it, let me know. Um, Okay. But, or at least if you do if you do the youtube video call me i'll do it with you it's cool i think the youtube video for okay I, in I, the document if you get that far it's the first thing so <laughs> okay all right i'll i'll take a look yeah um, if you if you end up doing it though it's 15 minutes long but just just give me a give me a ring i'd it'd be fun to do so. <laughs> okay all right I'll, I'll take a look um, but I mean, we talked a little bit about tomorrow people. I feel remiss if we, if I didn't, if I didn't give the spiel, at least on the very first one that we're going to post. It's a secret society. <laughs> it does ASMR. <laughs> and if you want to know more, you'll have to listen more. <laughs> <laughs> to, should, or should we just leave it at that? Should we just leave it, leave it as the teaser? Go into more next time. Yeah, because it's not defined. I mean, it is super defined and it's so cool. You got to join. So, um, yeah, no, I think, yeah, I think, it, I think it deserves its own thing. Cool. Whole, All right. A whole down. hour at least. I'm down with that. I, I feel like this was meant to be a little more geared around the election. We kind of went way down the rabbit network. What are you whole. talking about? We talked about the transfer of power. We talked about the fundamentals transfer of power that we talked about it in like such an interesting way, I think. <laughs> yeah i and I, f- I still feel like there's just so much more to say um but yeah crazy i mean crazy crazy like 
crazy year, crazy way to like wrap up the year. Um, I think it's not over. It's not over. Right. I mean, I, I hope, I hope things are looking up, but, um, you know, we'll see it's holiday season. Got my flu shot at least. So that's one, one thing that I won't get. Hopefully <laughs> put some money into the economy, bought a 70 inch TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Consumer, I, uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> consume, consumer. <laughs> yeah. Black Friday. Well, cool, dude. Let's, uh, yeah, let's wrap things up there. Let's get this thing post-processed and uh, uploaded. Oh, yeah, you got to figure out how to do that. Yeah, that'll be be easy. Super easy. Barely an inconvenience. Okay, awesome. (laughs) I'm going to hit stop. Sounds good. Until next time. Yep. Have a great evening and everybody listening as well. (laughs) All right, bye. Bye.